This is the Bouquet Toss Podcast, brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Bouquet Toss. Having just finished season two, we wanted to take this time to do a special bonus episode. Jess and I are going to take a bit of time to talk about her journey with the Budget Savvy Bride and how a shift in values has guided the direction of the blog over the last few years. When Jess first started Budget Savvy Bride, budget was the operative word. But if you've been following along with the podcast, you know that savvy is where it's at now. So let's hear from Jess about what inspired this shift and how she's shaping a values-based community based on the savvy model. Yay. So excited to talk about this. I feel like it's all been like rattling around in my head for such a long time. And I'm like, we should really talk about this. So let's go back, you know, 13 years, right? Amazing journey. (laughs) (laughs) In those early days of the blog, can you talk a little bit about why budget was so important? Well, I think probably like a lot of our listeners slash readers of The Budget Savvy Bride, I was fairly young. I was freshly out of college, newly engaged, and found myself in the middle of an economic recession, not unlike circumstances today for a lot of couples, I think. And so for us at that time, for me personally, I was still wanting to have that wedding day that I had always dreamed of, the one that I had envisioned and have it be special and have all the people that mattered to me be there. But that costs money, right? And at the time, most of the wedding resources available out there were catered towards more, I guess, like traditional and larger budget type events. And so there wasn't really much out there to help couples who were on the lower end of the spectrum, we'll say. And so for me, you know, when I started the Budget Savvy Bride, I was really just keeping track of my own ideas and and inspiration along the way and documenting that process. And at the time, I didn't really even think honestly about how it would be helpful to other people. But once I started interacting with other brides and people were finding the website and sharing, you know, oh, these ideas are helpful. Like, thank you for letting me know about these resources or options, then I really felt inspired to build something to help people like me and like other brides who were more on a budget. Yeah, I think it makes so much sense because we've talked about this before, but the narrative around weddings for so long was that it's the most expensive day of your life in order to pull off this amazing event with everybody that you know, and not often people you don't even know that are your parents, friends. So true. Right? In order to do that, like you have to shell out a pretty penny. And there also became this age of have the vendors do it for you type of thing. There wasn't a lot of DIY happening. There wasn't a lot of bride hustling to like figure it out yourself. And so with that comes crazy, crazy costs. And in the attempt to just copy what we feel like other people have done and what we're supposed to do and largely what the generation before us and our parents think that we're supposed to do. And so it makes so much sense that where you kind of started was like, okay, I'm going to put a pin in this and figure out how I can do all of these things for less money. 
turned out there's so many things that you can do to achieve that lux for less or to get that thing that you want for a smaller amount of money, whether it's the timing of your wedding, right? Day of the week or time of day or even season, whether it's, you know, a specific vendor that that has everything all inclusive versus another one that might make you get everything separate. There's all these tips and tricks that you were able to accumulate that really were amazing to allow people to do what they wanted with planning ahead to get the dollar amount down. And then budget took on a different meaning for you. It started as a way to have the most that you can for the least amount of money, right? Right. And now it feels like that's different. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting, honestly, because obviously I learned plenty throughout my own planning process. And then once we really pivoted the content on the blog to share other couples' real weddings and sharing how they were able to save money and the things that they did along the way to do that and pull off that look for less. You know, we've accumulated kind of like a brain trust of all these different couples and the things that they have done in one centralized place to help as many people as possible do these things without necessarily having to pay to hire all professionals to execute it. When I was starting out, and maybe, you know, some of our listeners fall into this category too. Maybe you're truly in a place in life where you need to be able to make whatever you have stretch as far as possible. And if that's you, we have tons of resources to help you do that. As we said, the Budget Savvy Bride, that's kind of how we started. So a lot of those really savvy tips and tricks are going to help get you there. But I think what has happened over the course of the last decade or so, especially in the wedding industry, I think people, especially vendors, hear the word budget and they automatically assume that it's going to be like a cheap wedding or, you know, there's this like stigma associated with being on a budget. But truthfully, everyone has a budget, whether or not you're working with $10,000 or you have the budget of a Kardashian, like you still have a budget, right? You still have an amount of money you're planning to spend. The word budget shouldn't be considered like a dirty word. It's truly just the amount of money you have to work with that you're planning to spend on this event. (laughs) And so over time, we've really wanted to kind of take away the stigma of budget, but Really, all along, the name of our site, right, is Budget Savvy. And it's because being savvy is what it's all about. It's being smart with that budget. You're being smart with your money, you know. And so that's really kind of where we've taken our focus. Because at the end of the day, being smart and being savvy with your budget means spending that budget and allocating it in a way that really reflects what matters most to you and what you value most in your wedding planning, in your life. I mean, you can apply this principle to everything, I think. I kind of have developed like a little acronym framework to kind of help people think through those things that matter most to them. And so you can use that along the way in your planning. Okay. Tell us about this acronym. Break it down. Okay. Okay, so the acronym is SAVVY, and so S stands for shared, which in essence means, you know, things that you and your partner come to an agreement upon about, like, your major wedding decisions, right? So any decision that you're making on how you're spending your money should be a joint decision. And, of course, this can apply to your marriage and stuff going forward as you make those big financial decisions like buying a home or, you know, expanding your family and things like that. 
And then A in savvy stands for authentic, which really just means it like feels in alignment with who the both of you are and what you stand for. So those things that really represent you. The first V is for vision. So if you've read the book, The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer, you know, chapter one is all about getting clear on what that vision is and making sure that you're decisions that you're making along the way help you get closer to that desired vision for your wedding, but also potentially for your life. And then the second V is for values. We're big on values here. Basically, that means, you know, making sure that your decisions are in alignment with the things that matter most to you. And that's another thing that we kind of go through a little bit in chapter one of the book. And then finally, why is for yours. And that doesn't mean like yours individually. Again, this is kind of shared, but also what I mean by yours is that they're not necessarily influenced by or based on the expectations of other people. Because this is something that comes up a lot in weddings, I think. Feeling pressure from family and friends, especially family, sometimes the older members of family in particular have certain expectations where maybe traditions are concerned, which is something we talk about a lot on the podcast. And so, you know, just making sure that you're not feeling obligated to do things a certain way and that you're making decisions that are yours. I love this so much. I think we should get this plastered on a tote or something that every bride can put wherever they're going to be planning so that they see it all the time. But it's so important to realize that doing something the savvy way, especially if you're like following this complete breakdown, right? So I'm going to repeat shared, authentic vision values yours. It's not saying just figure out the cheapest way to do it, right? It's saying figure out what you actually want in your wedding and spend your money on that. And so I feel like a really good example could be maybe you have a family member who is really gung-ho about you having a certain gift that you give away as a favor to the entire reception list. The old school, like Jordan almonds. (laughs) Yes. And you're like, I don't really feel like that's important to me. And that amount of money that I would have to spend on that, I could take and put towards a really great photographer. Or I could take and put towards the specific type of flower that I want because I don't want to compromise on that, right? It's a way to really empower you and put you and your partner first. And we've covered this so much on this season specifically of the podcast where what we've realized is weddings are truly supposed to be celebrating the couple. And so often because of societal pressure and family pressure and everything like that, it's like celebrating everyone else almost, making sure this is this way because grandma coming from out of town wants this or making sure we have this type of food because father of the bride always imagined that that's what would be served at his daughter's wedding. And it's like, well, yes, let's take into account all the parties involved, but don't let that cloud what you actually want. Exactly. It can feel really difficult to kind of like draw that line, I think, with family, especially when they have strong opinions and you don't want to hurt feelings and things like that. But at the end of the day, it is your day. You should have it your way, as we as we like to say. And at the end of it, especially if you're footing the majority of the bill, which a lot of millennial couples are choosing to do that so that they can say, thanks for your opinion, mom and dad or grandma, but we're going to do things our way. This is our wedding. And 
sometimes when you choose to pay for things all yourself, you get to do that. You get to make that decision to say, thanks for your opinion, but we're going to do things this way. And you have the power to do that because you're the one holding the purse strings. (laughs) I mean, speaking of purse strings, I think it's really important for us to talk about cost transparency in the wedding industry. Oh my gosh, this is something I feel really passionate about. And it's part of the reason why we make an effort to include the budget breakdowns and all of the real weddings that we feature on our website. Because if you are planning a wedding for the first time, which most people are planning for the first time, you really have no concept of what things truly cost, especially when they're done by a professional. And you'll see these beautiful photos on Instagram, or you'll see them on other blogs, and it'll say DIY wedding or like handcrafted wedding. It's a DIY style wedding, and it looks handmade and it looks crafty, but it was all executed by professionals and cost a ton of money. And so I think it's just important to, you know, share that information and share some of the realistic costs. And also, you know, for most of the weddings that we feature, they are done more DIY and they are done more like handmade. And, you know, the couples are doing their own centerpieces or creating signage themselves or, you know, they're having a family member bake their cake and things like that. And Those sorts of things can save you significantly if you have somebody who's talented who can recreate a semi-professional looking end product. Why not take advantage of that, right? And it's not to say that professionals aren't worth it. And if you can afford them, great. And if you want to have a fully executed wedding and your budget allows for that, amazing. But, you know, our our major stance is just don't go into debt for it, you guys. <laughs> like, you know, spend your money according to your values and within your financial means. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so true that most people don't really ever think about or learn about the actual price of weddings until they're engaged. And the thought is actually there of like, oh, we have to plan this because, I think most, like anyone planning a wedding probably has heard that like the average, which we hate saying this because it's so skewed, but like the average wedding costs $30,000, right? But like before you're even in a position to be planning your wedding, I think most people don't know that statistic at all and just kind of assume it's lower. Think about it. Like what kind of big party like that are the majority of people throwing? They're not. This is like that first time, right, in your life that you're hosting this big thing. Most people really don't understand the costs involved. And so if you learn that and it's like, oh, well, I have that and that works for us and we can budget for that, that's great. But if you learn that and you're like, wait, 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 wait. I can't get married because I don't have that kind of money. Well, the good news is you really can. And there are so many amazing ways to actually join with another person. There are so many ways to do that that don't cost that much. And it's really just about knowing and having places where you can see other examples of the way people are doing it. Like, you know, that's what it's about. And that's why, like, I love the Real Weddings feature so much on the site and also why this past year with COVID has actually been pretty exciting for weddings because 
yes, there was that lull in the beginning where like, you know, we couldn't have them. And so it was a mess for vendors having to move people like a year out and everything being booked. But really at the end of the day, it showed a lot of couples what was possible and that they are, there are so many creative things that they could be doing that will be more aligned with their values, more authentic to them, and also a lot better for their bank account. So silver linings are always a good thing. <laughs> are you dreaming of walking down an aisle lined with candles? Or maybe tea lights and florals, but have no idea what you'd do with them afterward? Sell them on Wedsy. Have your cake and eat it too by selling your wedding items on Wedsy. Wedsy is an online marketplace where you can both shop for affordable items to incorporate into your day and sell wedding items after your day is done. The marketplace features everything from wedding gowns to jewelry, favors, flowers, centerpieces, cake toppers, ceremony decor, you name it. With the easy-to-use platform, you can snap a picture, describe your item, and start selling in under five minutes. So empty your house and fill your wallet by helping other brides and grooms craft their dream day. Listing your products on Wedsy is always 100% free. So when you're ready to sell your wedding items, use the special link in the episode show notes to get started selling on Wedsy. And another thing I was going to mention is, you know, in order to kind of like help avoid that sticker shock, I think one thing that a lot of couples encounter when they first start planning their weddings is like they go out to start researching vendors or venues or whatever. And a lot of these small businesses don't even have pricing information on their websites. So you have to inquire with them. You have to spend time out of your day to go meet with them face-to-face, only then to find out that they're more expensive than you can potentially afford. And that wastes both of your time. And that's the thing that I take issue with, kind of the bait and switch of like, I'm not going to tell you how much I cost. I'm going to bring you in and make you fall in love with me and be dying to work with me and then tell you that I'm actually $5,000 over your budget. That's just mean. That's like manipulative. And it's, it's a sales tactic at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I know that that is something really important to you. And that's why you're working on rolling out something super exciting on the Budget Savvy Bride. And that's a vendor directory. Yeah, And I think we should give our listeners a little teaser of what's coming. Yes. Super excited about this. It's been in the works for a while. We kind of put a pin in it last year because of COVID and just kind of like the state of the industry at the time. But we are excited to soon be launching our our long-awaited vendor directory. And it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to have features so you can sort by, you know, your location and find local vendors in your area and learn about them, not just about like, you know, what they do, but also like who they are as people, because at the end of the day, we want to help you find vendors that align with your values. And so we're adding some special features and questions to the vendor profiles so you can get to know a little bit about them personally as well, which I think is really special. And also just, you know, lots of photos and eventually reviews and all sorts of great features will be coming. And of course, 
pricing information as well, because we feel really strongly about that. And um, we're also going to give the vendors who register for a premium plan, the ability to offer special discounts and exclusive offers to followers of the Budget Savvy Bride. And so you might even be able to get a deal on certain services through our vendor directory as well. So all in service of our greater mission to like help couples plan a wedding within the budget that they have in a way that feels authentic to you. So we're excited to be able to make these introductions between you and vendors that can work with you. This is amazing. And I'm so excited for it. And so that will be coming to the site very soon. And I want to just pick up on one thing you just mentioned, like working within the budget you have. And I think a big question for a lot of couples is, well, how do I set that budget? And I know that in your book, The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer, which is only $8 on Amazon, go get it. (laughs) Um, I know that you kind of dedicate the whole first chapter to setting like your vision and values in service of figuring out what that budget should be. Can you give us just a little bit of like your expert advice on how you go about setting your budget for your wedding? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I always tell couples like your budget should be based on A, your values, B, your personal financial situation, not at all on what industry standards are supposedly listed or what average wedding budget is being publicized in major media this year. (laughs) Uh, So that's my number one. But when it comes to actually like calculating what your wedding budget should be, I recommend, you know, looking at what you currently have in savings and deciding what of that you'd be willing to allocate towards this event. Obviously, you still want to make sure you have your emergency fund in place. If you're saving for a house, don't borrow from your house fund to pay for your wedding. Your house is like a bigger long-term financial goal. You know what I mean? So putting like our friend Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez likes to say, putting your wedding budget in the context of like your overall financial budget and life plan, I think is really important to do. And then from there, obviously bringing in any outside donations from like your family or other donators, whoever those (laughs) nice benefactors might be that you have in your life. I don't know, maybe you have some. I didn't, but um, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. And then also taking into account potentially what you and your partner are able and willing to save along the course of your engagement. And then from there, you can kind of put all of those numbers together into like an overall budget and work with that as a number. That's amazing advice. I love it. Thanks. I mean, it's math. It's definitely not the easiest thing at times, but you know, it also takes a lot of getting really clear on those values and what's important to you so that you can reference those when you're faced with these decisions of like, oh, I really would like to have a live band, but it's crazy expensive. Is paying for this and allocating this money towards this one item of our wedding going to take something away from another area of the wedding or potentially cause us to go over budget and then take away from our other bigger financial goals. So when you kind of get clear on all of those different things, especially like your values and what you're hoping to stay within those budget parameters, it really does help you put everything in perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think one thing to also remember is that your wedding budget also includes any of those pre-wedding activities and post-wedding activities. So 
if you are having a rehearsal dinner, an engagement shower, bridal shower, bachelorette party, or, you know, you are really prioritizing your honeymoon, there's a lot of ways that you can, or a lot of different decisions you can make that can kind of help offset those costs. And like, for instance, you know, the common thing for everyone to do is, you know, you get engaged and people are like, oh, what registry, you know, are you using? And maybe you're like, oh, I kind of already have all these things that I need for my kitchen. Or I also don't really care to get like a new stand mixer or anything like that. I would rather have that money go towards like my honey fund and go on an epic honeymoon. You can make that choice. We love honey fund. It's such a great way for you to have gifts get allocated towards something like that. So if, if your honeymoon is a priority, but you're looking at your budget and you're like, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if we can pull off what we really want. Well, maybe you do forego a traditional registry in order to get that, right? So there's just a lot of things to take into account. It's not just a one-day event. There's so many things involved in a wedding. There's like several events. And that is all doable. That is all, you know, your budget can cover all of those things. But keeping in mind upfront that you want to like have that be in the picture will help you figure out overall what you're really working with. Absolutely. It's such a good point. And you know, that being said, while you can kind of be proactive and say like, oh, maybe gifts can be money that I allocate towards a different wedding event. You also can't necessarily bank on the idea that you're going to get those gifts. And especially now with COVID, with weddings being a little bit different, people coming virtually to your wedding, maybe over a live stream or something, are likely not gifting you that same amount because it's like that over, like that cost per head thing isn't happening on your end. And that's always a weird thing with weddings. It does feel like this like weird societal code of this is a number you should give based on your relationship with the couple and if you're attending versus if you're not. And that all kind of gets a wrench thrown in it when we do start doing extra creative things with our weddings. You know, when you do have maybe, you know, a hundred people watching on Zoom for the ceremony and then they come just to the reception or vice versa, there's all these things. And we actually saw an interesting fact about gift giving at virtual weddings. Jess, do you want to read this statistic we saw? Sure. So according to a survey done by Joy, which is a wedding planning website and tool, uh, 51% of guests don't feel the need to give a gift when they attend a virtual wedding, which I was kind of shocked about. It's like you could kind of argue both sides of the coin, couldn't you? You could say like, well... I didn't have to travel to attend this wedding and I still got to enjoy seeing them get married. And like, ultimately that's what's the important part I would argue. So would you not maybe give them a little bit more because you didn't have to spend the money on travel in a hotel to like attend a destination wedding or an out of town wedding? Wow. That is a good point. I don't know. That is a really good answer. Yeah, I I don't know if anyone knows the answer, but you're right. There are two sides of it. And I guess it ultimately then comes down to personally, you, your values, your relationship with the person getting married. There is this like, well, they're maybe not spending the money to feed you and entertain you for a night, but you're also not 
spending the money maybe on like your outfit to go and your transportation there and everything like that, which could even involve like a hotel night or something like that or an expensive Uber home. Yep. So yeah, it is, it's all like nothing is just like written in stone. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it's true. I mean, again, you could just say, like we always reiterate, it depends on how you feel and what feels most authentic to you and most aligned with your values in terms of what you feel about that couple and and celebrating them and and is celebrating people is gift giving your love language. You know what I mean? Like things like that kind of start coming into play. Wait, I really love that. That's so true. Because you done the love language quiz before? Yeah, I have. And I think we only ever really think about that in terms of romantic relationships. But what a really smart point that your love language, it's it's anybody that you love. And so you're right, it might feel like words of affirmation, if that's like your thing. Maybe it feels better that you write an amazing heartfelt card or you give them some sort of like memento keepsake for their wedding, rather than an actual gift of a thing. Yeah. That's a deeply personal thing. It's like how you express your love. And so it is kind of good to know that in order to help you figure out these decisions. Yeah. Something else to think about, I think. I like that. Thanks for leaving us with that gem. (laughs) I think we should link a love language quiz in the show notes so everyone can go and do that right now. It's a good thing to know about yourself. And your partner too, if you're... If Guys, you haven't done it, partner, super do it. <laughs> Make them do it. <laughs> Even like your family. Truly. Hey, can you just take this quiz and tell me your results? Thanks. Oh, I'm like I'm like the personality quiz. Um, I know. You've had like, me do them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Enneagram. Like, I want to know your Zodiac sign. I want to know your, like, uh, <laughs> Myers-Briggs, your human design type, literally everything. It's all interesting stuff. It's pretty it cool. Is. It is. Well, anyway. thank you so much, Jess, for joining me on this special episode. <laughs> I guess it's like an after thing. school special. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Thanks for joining us on this after school special of the Bouquet Toss podcast. We will be back soon with a new episode. Can't wait. You've been listening to the Bouquet Toss the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way. We're continuing the discussion in our private community. Join our supportive group of brides-to-be by heading to thebudgetsavvybride.com slash community. Now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay true to you, And we look forward to chatting again soon.